You're listening to Embolden Adventures. I'm Sarah, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, listeners and adventurers. Welcome to another episode of the Embolden Adventures podcast show. Embolden Adventures. Be emboldened. Emboldened Adventures is meant to inspire you to travel, to get out there, to explore, to learn. Let Emboldened Adventures encourage you to take those steps to experience the world. Follow along on the adventure. Visit the website at emboldenedventures.com. Sign up for email updates on new content and ideas. Follow Emboldened Adventures on social media. And subscribe to the Emboldened Adventures podcast show on the podcast page of the Emboldened Adventures website. Please rate the podcast and tell us what you think. These are guys who got American movie classics. You've seen them on MTV. Give it up for Alan Camino Smith. Today, Aaron Camino Smith joins us on this Emboldened Adventures podcast to talk about his travels around the United States. Aaron is the host of the podcast show, But I Also. It's called But I Also. It's a podcast exploring not only what you do for a living, but also what else you love to do. He featured me on his podcast show recently, where I talked about how I went from working on Wall Street as an investment banker to a scuba diving, world traveling extraordinaire who started Embolden Adventures. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, uh, talking about travel and adventure and everything else in between. Check out that episode on emboldenadventures.com in these podcast notes. Aaron is also an architect turned comedian who thinks one of the most exciting things about doing stand-up comedy is the exploring he does while on tour. He has seen nearly 40 states so far and enjoys the search for interesting regional experiences from craft beers to food to learning a bit or two about U.S. history. Tell us about what it's like to be a comic on the road and, and the places you've gone and the things you've seen. Yes, yeah, so one of the most exciting things about doing stand-up comedy for me is I love exploring. I love going to new places. I think I realized I've been to 38 states at this really? point. Yeah, I've been to so many different states. And I do not just stand not just stand up for comedy clubs or specific events, but I do a lot of shows at colleges. In colleges, you perform for an hour. So it's very different from going to a comedy club where you might do five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and there might be seven, eight other comics on the show with an MC. At a college, it's just you performing for an hour. So you're kind of, you're your own MC, you're, the, you're your own feature act, you're the headliner, you're, you're right. all of that. Yeah. <laughs> now, not every college is an hour away from a major metropolis like New York City or LA or Chicago. I mean, I did Washington State University, which is down in Pullman, Washington. Where's so Pullman, Washington? It's about it? two plus hours south of Spokane, Washington. Wow. Uh, it's actually only about 20 minutes away from Boise, but it was a lot cheaper to fly into Spokane. It was pretty cool because I've never been to Washington State, but it gave me an excuse to go out to Washington State, and then I had a whole day to kill before my show at What'd eleven o'clock. I did not know this, but there's a lot of winemaking in Washington State, so I went to a couple different wine tastings. I ate smoked salmon. It was amazing because uh, they do it right there. They have their own salmon. It's not like lox when you get like bagels and lox and you have a schmear and you put capers and onions on it this is like chunks of actual salmon this is wilderness like yeah lumberjack smoked <laughs> oh it was it was amazing so i think i did that they have an old train station that was kind of cool to see so i just you know toured around the town it's a cool little town and you can walk around i went for a jog on some old railroad tracks that they had turned into a rail trail and it's like once you get 
two minutes outside of the city, you're in the mountains. Yeah. Well, it was an adventure. It was yeah. it was an unexpected journey in a lot of ways. But, you know, I'm I'm thinking as you're talking about Washington, there's so much to see. You know, you can go to Seattle and go to the original Starbucks. You could watch, uh, I guess, the, uh, the fishermen throwing the salmon in the yeah. fish market. That's a famous thing to do. And obviously go see where, you know, the grunge bands were and uh, Nirvana, Soundgarden and so on and so forth. Uh, but the best salmon is in uh, Seattle, the sushi, you know, the king uh, salmon from Alaska that come down. And I think if you're Goonies fans, you can go to Aurora, right? And go check see out where the, the Goonies house was. <laughs> see where Chunk did the truffle shuffle. There's, <laughs> I, I wish I had more time. Whenever I do these trips, it's always hard to balance exploring time and, hey, I'm actually here to work time. So where else have you gone in the United States? Where haven't I gone? I mean, I so I've been to, I seem to end up in the Midwest a lot. Wisconsin, Illinois, that area, Minnesota. I've been to Missouri a couple times. Um, I've been all up and down the East Coast, everywhere from Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, upstate New York, all different parts of upstate New York, Finger Lakes area, Pennsylvania. I've been out everywhere you can imagine in Pennsylvania, from Harrisburg, out near Pittsburgh, up in Erie. I've been in Buffalo for shows. And then I've been in New Jersey for a couple of shows, Connecticut. Um, I don't think I've done a show in Rhode Island yet. And then I've been I've been to West Virginia once. That was fun. I've never been to West Virginia. What's that like? On the one hand, you think you're in the deep south. On the other hand, you're actually in a pretty northern-minded area. That is the right way to describe it. Uh, people forget West Virginia actually fought for the north in the Civil War. If you look okay. at it, it looks like a like a sea urchin almost the way it's shaped. Like people don't realize West Virginia, it, the western edge sticks up between Pennsylvania and Ohio. Oh wow! There's this little tiny spike of West Virginia that goes really far north, and then the southern tip is just as far south as Southern Virginia. And it's a lot of this old-fashioned coal-minded way of thinking. I actually drove by a billboard. And it said it was an anti-solar and wind billboard. Yeah. It said something like, the sun sets, the wind dies, coal is here to stay. Because so I was like, guys, you know what the sun does the next morning? <laughs> it comes again. back up. Do you know what, what the wind does when it dies? The next day, it'll start blowing again. Yeah. Do you know what actually is in a finite quantity? Coal. But it's, it's interesting. I talked to some of the students and they said people there either have this this is the way my father did it. This is the way my grandfather did it. They blew up the whole side of the mountain. You get the coal. Why would you change the way it is? And then other people say, no, it's... So that the students there, what was nice was they understood that there were two different ways mm -hmm. of thinking. They didn't just say, no, this is the way it has to be. It's not 1870 anymore. We don't need to strip mine for coal. Yeah. But it's the kind of thing we're living in New York City. No one's talking about coal. We have, you know, we might talk about it as what's renewable and what's not. Baseload power is what immediately keeps your light bulb on. So in order to even to have this plugged in and and use, you know, you need something firing right now, instantaneously. And so coal, nuclear, you know, nat gas, more or less have been baseload power. Uh, whereas the term intermittent power is solar and wind, because it, you know, as they say, it, the sun rises, the sun sets. That's why you need some geographically diverse uh, areas that provide uh, the, the sun and the, and the wind power over time and then could pick up where others leave off. Because we've become so accustomed to the, the importance of electricity, it's just, it's kind of second nature. We don't realize, we don't think about our power, right? We don't think about what 
produces power to begin with. So that's why I think it's not on the forefront of our minds here in New York City, for that matter. And you especially would never see when I was driving down to Spokane, from Spokane, you drive through the Midwest, tons of wind turbines. When I was driving up through Minnesota for a trip, I went up to Duluth from Minneapolis, and just the amount of construction of new wind turbines is incredible. That every 10 minutes, another truck drives by with one hundred something foot long blade for a new wind turbine going up and you're going by dozens and dozens of these and I think you don't get that much energy from a single wind turbine but as they start building hundreds and hundreds of them it actually becomes a real source of energy yeah so there's so much to say about what you just said the you know one blade is ginormous right and they actually have to build special roads just to bring the blade in and right now the largest of turbines are over two megawatts in size each so then you add them up but they have to be positioned in such a way where they're not powering each other like the wake, you know, right. so it's a strategic location of how you position it, where the strength of the wind's coming in. It's a lot of science that's involved in, in the location. But it's something I get to see from traveling that I wouldn't even otherwise think about. They don't see what was once a pristine farm that's now chopped up with these big wind turbines going through it, because if you're living in New York City or D.C., you don't get to see it firsthand. And so I think that's what's interesting when I get to travel. And then actually, oh, I don't know if that will change my mind about something, but at least I can speak about it from a more educated place. The, the farmers and the, the ranch owners that actually have the wind farms on their property are earning a second revenue source because it's yeah. leased, the, the wind farms are leasing this land. Not only are they earning money from their cattle or whatever they're doing on their ranch or their farm, but also they earn a revenue source from wind. I think that's even beyond just wind power and that kind of stuff. I mean, I see it like we don't really think about fracking in New York City. You hear about it in upstate New York because some of our water comes from up there. So people are for, against, is he poisoning the water supply? And I noticed whenever I stay in a hotel, because I stay in hotels just, you know, one night and then go home, that if I'm out in Ohio or Pennsylvania, far, far west Pennsylvania, or even Wisconsin, that there's no one in the hotel. Most of these places are empty. But then I'll wake up in the, I'll, I'll, or I'll come, home, I'll come back to the hotel, not home, it's not my home, although sometimes it feels like home away from home when you're away for that long. And I'll come back late at night after my show, and there's tons of pickup trucks. Huge, not like little guys who just have pickup trucks throw through, but like huge industrial-sized pickup trucks. And I realize it's because of all the fracking going on that the, the, the boom with all this fracking that's happened in the last 5, 10, 15 years it's not like there's a town they can live in. They'll drive back an hour, two hours. They rent out hotel rooms. And then the next morning, these guys get back in their pickup trucks, drive out, and go to work again. Oh, well, interesting. So it's their own commute in a lot of ways. It's yeah, a they, new, new generation of commuting. Talk to us about a road trip you've done. One of my favorite trips, and only because it was just one of the most recent ones, I had a show out in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which if you don't know where that is, it's about two and a half hours northwest of Milwaukee, right on the border between... Wisconsin and Minnesota. Uh, people don't realize it, but that's the mighty Mississippi starting out oh, really? up there. So it's right on the Mississippi. Does that, uh, does one of the Great Lakes, uh, I guess, empty into the Mississippi? What, what's kind of the source? No, I think all the Great Lakes just keep going east and east and go into St. Lawrence and then oh, out right. to the Atlantic that the Mississippi just starts with little streams and stuff. But mm -hmm. I think it probably starts up in Canada. I hope I'm getting my geography right here because someone can go fact check me now. And go, ah, oh, that Aaron guy's an idiot. He doesn't know his geography. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure well, there's there's a big, like, so Lacrosse is on the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Beautiful park right there. My girlfriend was able to take some time off. It was super cheap, 180 bucks round trip to fly into Milwaukee. From New York. Yeah, from oh, New wow. York City, from LaGuardia. 
Car rentals like $11 a day. It costs nothing. Uh, the school put me up for that first night, and I've always wanted for my girlfriend to come with me on one of these trips where I fly out. She comes with me sometimes if it's around the Northeast, four or five hour drive, and we'll do fun little go to a winery, just go somewhere and explore a little goofy museum, some place that just smells spelled that just sells smoked meats. That'll be fun. That's a museum or well, just a store? Well, we found one in Pennsylvania. We oh, were driving back one time. So we spent one day in La Crosse. Beautiful little town. And, you know, got a great burger at some place. Went to some, like, old-fashioned ice cream shop the next morning. You don't see those anymore, and it's so nice to see one. So we go in there, and then on the way back, we stopped at some little mountain. They've got a road built up, this beautiful overlook. And just as we spent 20 minutes just kind of sitting on a mountain looking out in Wisconsin. And then on the way back, we stopped in Madison, Wisconsin, which is just an incredible town. I mean, there's a, there's a reason people love Madison. All these students go out there for University of Wisconsin, and then they just stay in, in Madison because it's a great town. And then we spent two nights in Milwaukee, and we were just like goofy tourists in Milwaukee. We went to this giant Milwaukee public museum that was just incredible. I mean, we have great museums in New York City, but it's nice to go to a museum that's not what we're used to seeing. And this they've got some fake mock-up village of what it looked like in the 1800s. Oh, they've wow. got all this great stuff. People dressed up who will talk to you about what it was like being in Milwaukee in 1915. Oh, I'm the dispensary guy. Oh, do you need, you need some medicine? And then he'll talk to you about that. And there's a butterfly exhibit. We walked around with indoor butterflies. And then in between, we went to lots of breweries. So All right. Was, yeah, I kept thinking, was it Laverne and Shirley? And they have like the one yeah, glove that goes off. The glove that goes off. Or was off. that Wayne's World? I always get well, those Wayne's, two Well, Wayne's World was doing a, their own little version of that in Milwaukee. Uh, but it was, it was great. I mean, we went to a wonderful distillery. We did a distillery tour in Milwaukee. We went to multiple breweries. We had lots of kielbasa. We saw polka music. Oh, wow, that's the, right, yeah. Big German, big Polish, Polish. German, uh, Yeah, it was, it was great. And it's, it's yeah. the kind of thing where I'm, I'm never, if you go to a beer hall, a quote beer hall in New York City, it's probably going to be out in Queens somewhere filled with hipsters who are just like, yeah, isn't this place great? And it's like, no, when you go to a beer hall in Wisconsin, you're going to a beer hall with people who go to beer halls because this is what they do. That's amazing. This is their Friday night thing. All for 200 bucks, right? <laughs> All for 200 bucks. Friday go night. Go to the heartland. Big thing is Friday night fish fry. That's like a common thing in Wisconsin and even Minnesota and Chicago that Friday night is a fish fry night. So we got a nice fried fish platter because that's just what people, the immigrants took from their old, and that's just, it's still there and it's still a tradition that you have. So we got big mugs of beer and fried fish and listened to polka and they were speaking, I think, full-on German. Like, yeah, yeah, danke, danke. As we were clapping after each song, they were, danke all, also for the agents for slide. And it was, it was amazing. You're like, where like, am I? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and you could never go to a beer hall in New York City and mm-hmm. get that kind of experience. But that could be your three-day weekend. It could be your three-day weekend from Chicago. It could be from, you know, Texas. It could be from, you know, I guess the West Coast somewhere as well because it's kind of like the center of, more or less the center of the country. And it sounds like Milwaukee is another example of that too. Milwaukee's great. Madison was great. Fantastic food in Madison. Fantastic food in Milwaukee. I think a big part of this craft beer movement has really helped push and being like, oh wait, no, this, this actually tastes better than the craft beer I've been drinking. That as we've accepted this craft beer movement, we're also accepting, hey, we can have decent priced 
good food and it doesn't have to be some snobby French restaurant or something. And you, I, that's what I, I saw it in lacrosse. I went to a burger place that actually was specialty burgers, but they were good quality burgers using local cheeses from Wisconsin and getting fried cheese curds, which you're only going to get in Wisconsin or Minnesota or maybe Chicago. I mean that, which by the way, if you haven't had fried cheese curds, you have to get that wherever I've you are. I've tried cheese curds up in the Finger Lakes in uh, Ithaca area, but what's fried cheese? I mean, obviously it's fried cheese curds, but tell us about so it. So they taste <laughs> a little bit like mozzarella sticks, but not like your frozen mozzarella sticks you get at like a Applebee's or something. They, and there's like a squeak when you bite down on them, there's like a little squeak to them. And it's all about what kind of batter they use. There's like just the straight up regular fried cheese curds that might be a little too oily, like any fried food could be. But if you get good quality fried cheese curds, sometimes they'll give you some different dipping sauces with it. Wow. It's so just, this is in, where are we again? Wisconsin? We're back in Wisconsin. Madison. I think my the cheese curds. favorite cheese curds were in Madison. Favorite barbecue for ribs was Kansas City. I can give you my favorites of every different kind of food based on where I am. You know, favorite hot dog is either Nathan's or the, a Chicago dog. In Coney I mean, Island, Nathan's right on the boardwalk. Yeah, only, the, only the Coney Brooklyn. Island Nathan's, because that's the only one where you're going to get the onions and the sauce that's going to be specific, and they're cooking on the griddles that are the same griddles that hopefully no one's ever cleaned, so you got the <laughs> 100-year-old grease. They just had their 100th birthday party. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Happy Nathan's. birthday, Nathan's. Happy birthday, Nathan's. <laughs> they had five-cent hot dog days. Oh, I thought I saw that, and that was also with the, the hot dog eating contest. That yeah, it was right before the hot dog event. eating. Right before the contest, they had that. Also, if you ever are at the Nathan's in Coney Island, there's always a buy one, get a second one for five cents coupon that you should look up online on your phone and show it to them. Excellent. There's no reason to spend four bucks or three bucks for that next hot dog. And be sure to go on the cyclone. So where I grew, I grew up in Connecticut, but my family is in Brooklyn. So when I see my grandma, one of my cousins would always take me to, I guess, uh, the Coney Island. Uh, Nellie Bly was there, the little like roller coasters and you know fun theme parks and the cyclone roller coaster. Have you been on the roller coaster in Coney Island? I haven't been on it only because I've got some neck issues. I'm oh, okay. a little afraid. <laughs> I, as much as I loved roller coasters as I was younger, it's one of those, you know what, I'll skip it and let's not have my neck hurt. It's scary because it's rickety. It's, it's old. old. It but is really old. It works. It's one of those things where it's a real roller coaster that gives you like those butterflies in your belly and you're like, oh my god, I'm going to go into the ocean. Like it's that. <laughs> but it's, a, it's, I think it's a, it's a fun roller coaster. It's definitely worth uh, the the train ride all the way to the end, the subway ride. What would you take? The D train, I think, or the take N. The D, or the, F? the Q, the F. There's yeah. a couple different subways One that go out there. One that's going right by your apartment, right here. There's in one Brooklyn, right here, right next to us. <laughs> on yeah. the Manhattan Bridge. So you also said your favorite hot dog was uh, from Chicago. I think I heard love that. Chicago dogs. Although then it's hard because if you're in Chicago, getting a good Chicago dog, you could also be getting a good Italian beef. That's another option when you're out in Chicago. Italian beef is it's. Kind of like a roast beef, it's shaved, but it's in like a gravy, like a thinner, not a thick gravy, but a clear gravy. And then they, they, they'll dip it. If you get your, your Italian beef dipped, you can get it with hot peppers also. Oh. And then it's yeah, any of this. It's similar to a cheese steak, but, cheese uh, steak yeah. but it's not about the cheese or that kind of steak. It's a different kind of meat that's more roasted and then I think they shave it and then they put it in the liquid and then it's all different, but it's all similar. So it's a road trip around the nation, the great nation of the USA, and there's all these regional you know, delights more or less, you know, from beer to ice cream to meats to hot dogs to pizzas to dumplings to you name it. So many, so many good things. I mean, and then and that's what's great is you don't realize if you're in North Carolina that they have a totally different style of barbecue sauce that's more vinegar based. 
as opposed to Peter the, Luger's here. Yeah, as Brooklyn. opposed to that. Well, there's and then if you go like the Memphis barbecue, I haven't been to Memphis, but I've heard their barbecue is a little more, a little sweeter. And then you get out to the Kansas City, St. Louis area, and then their barbecue sauce, it's still thick, but it's not as thick. It's it's all different. It's all I mean, different. But oh, that's why you have to travel. I mean, everyone kind of has their thing. I have a friend who wants to go to all the baseball parks in America and yeah. obviously Canada too. And, you know, others, it's a food tour and there's great things. And, I, you know, you mentioned craft beer and I'm sure you've been to Colorado, right? They do a lot of the microbrewing out there and I think Colorado Springs and, you know, Boulder and Denver. Uh, we just came back from Jordan in the Middle East. And uh, one of the fun things I hoped to have done, which we didn't have time, but there is a uh, the first Jordanian brewery out in Amman, Jordan. Oh. It's called Karak Ale. It's beer. And they have all these kind of varieties, an amber ale and a, and a blonde ale and all that. But the, the guy, he's Jordanian, but he learned his trade from Colorado. From Colorado. And he brought it back when he was a student there. So, you oh, that's know, great. beer that's... is the answer, I think, for everything, right? Beer is the answer. <laughs> what is beer not the answer for? You got to cut, just pour a little beer on it. Exactly. <laughs> Solve anything with beer. Oh, you got a cold? Drink some beer. Drink Just, some beer. That is my one regret. I've been to Colorado a couple times, and it was, you know, this comes back to the work aspect of it. I had to fly to Chicago the next day, and I had no time to get to explore Colorado. Really? It took a while to get out there. My flight was a little delayed, and then it was really just to get to the hotel, take a quick nap because I was exhausted. Because that's the other thing. I need to be on. I need to be alert. So I've had other situations. I was in Birmingham. I got lunch at some great place, got this great fried chicken and waffles, and, and I said, oh, this beer looks good. It's from some local brewery. I didn't realize it was a 10% alcohol beer. Wow. So I had a beer, and I was feeling good after that. I got up to, to leave, and I was a little tipsy, and I said, why am I? And then I looked down at the menu thing, and I saw, oh, this is a 10% alcohol beer. I had to do a little walking around before getting to my car, which then I did not realize this, the American Civil Rights Institute is in Birmingham. Oh, really? So as I was walking by there, there's all these plaques commemorating different events. And it was, I was not expecting to get very emotional going for a post-lunch stroll, but there's amazing statues of things. And you just realize not such great history in this country of things that have happened with protests and marches. And, you know, here I am getting all emotional thinking of this stuff. And now in two hours, I've got to go be funny. And it's just such a weird to mix those two together. But it's, you do have to be careful with your beer if you're yeah. if you're enjoying it. Make sure that if you have to work later, that As you know I the say, alcohol. drink responsibly, right? Yes. But it's not just driving, it's everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I think that's kind of what I know what I want to get to is the beauty of travel and how it really opens your mind and your horizon and it's it, as I like to say, a virtual history lesson in a lot of ways. And so, you know, from what you've seen around the country, so you've been to thirty six states now and counting? Thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight. Who, who's counting yeah, <laughs> and more, hopefully know. 50 uh, soon. So what, what have you learned from your travels? I think one of the most eye-opening ones was that Birmingham trip. I was walking around in this civil rights park they have right outside the museum. And there was this father, uncle walking with his son, a black family. And he said something about like, you know, that's why you need to respect your elders. You know, your grandmother, she couldn't go somewhere just because of the color of her skin, the same color as, as that's yours. And you overheard this. And I overheard, I overhear this behind me mm. as I'm already getting choked up, reading all these things about terrible events of those couple of days during these protests that were going on with fire hoses and dogs attacking the children that oh were, that it was, it was terrible. Yeah. And I'm listening to all this stuff. And then I turn around as, you know, luckily I had my sunglasses on because I had tears flowing down mm. my face. 
And because it's the South, naturally people are more friendly. And he just says, oh, hello. And I just kind of nodded hello back. And then I just lost it. Wow. I'm in this park looking at these amazing sculptures of dogs barking and children and stuff. And it's, and I'm just losing it. And I think growing up in the North in New Jersey, going to school in New York, living in New York City, when you think about like civil rights or racism that we talk about it and we hear about it and you maybe experience little things here and there, but I never grew up in a place where segregation happened where segregation existed yeah. right there. So to be in Birmingham where I realized, wow, just 60, 70 years ago, I mean, this was right here in my country with a democratically elected president, this was going on right here in our country that all of us lived in. And you wouldn't have never appreciated that unless you went no. to Alabama. It was the trip that made me realize how much closer it is to all of us than we would have ever thought. Amazing. So it is worth going, you know, basically putting a dart on the map and saying, let's try this place out. Like Idaho sounds really interesting to me. Do one Never of those last, there. do a last minute deal. See yeah. what, see what's a, a, a cheap flight to, if it, maybe it's Milwaukee, maybe it is the Midwest, maybe it's the South maybe somewhere. Missalua, Montana, or. Maybe you know. it's Helena. I've been to Helena, Montana. I've been to Haver, Montana. That's because I have an aunt who lives out there. Oh, not, really? Not for comedy, but I have an aunt who moved out there. So I've been to the gigantic empty state of Montana. But it's beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. The big sky. It is big sky country. I don't know how they did it, but they got their clouds to just be much higher in the sky and there's just a million of them and the sky is gigantic. That's one place I want to go. In fact, I was just talking to my little cousin today and she wants to, she's born and bred in Brooklyn, you know, and she's about to graduate college maybe next year and all she has on her mind is Montana. Get out. Do it. Do it. Maybe don't move there because it's very hard to get to. It's multiple flights. But definitely go out to Montana. I, I loved it. I had a great time. Also, my parents are really big about traveling and going to national parks. So I've been to Yellowstone and Yosemite when I was in high school. And, you know, that was great. We go visit them in Montana, visit my, my family, and then go see glaciers. Go amazing. see waterfalls. Go see amazing stuff. I don't think I've ever seen a glacier. I mean, maybe I've seen one... Uh, what is it? The Rocky Mountain National Park that's uh, drives from, uh, what was it, Denver. Um, those were like these very thick ice pieces on a, on a mountainside. So I think yeah. that's technically a glacier. But... Yeah, that's as long as it's there, I think kind of permanently because they progress and they recede mm -hmm. and we'll see it soon because as we keep burning all that coal that's that we've stripped mined, they're well, going away. Well, that's the thing with global warming. We don't realize that the glaciers have been kind of, they call it the, the bank for for the drought season. So, you know, in August, which is the time we're recording right now, you know, this would be the time where some of those glaciers are melting in Colorado, the tops of the 14er mountains, and they trickle down and they feed the, the river. So once you don't have enough snowfall in the winter that, you know, can re replenish those glaciers, and it's all kind of a downward spiral, you know, and you realize, well, why am I having a drought? You get the buildup of the glacier. It's I mean, it was great to get to see, and it was exciting to see that. So that was it was fun. I got to see a glacier. I went to Glacier National Park. So so that's in Montana. That is, a, yes, I think that's in Montana. Amazing. It's so, all blending together in my head at this point. I've been to too many places. <laughs> but that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Well, on that note, Aaron, I think it's time to maybe come to a close. But this was awesome. I really enjoyed yeah. our stories, your stories about traveling, you know, the, the nation and, and beyond. And uh, where is your next, I guess, gig? Where are you going to be performing and how I can am, we find you? I'm all over the place. I'll be out in Pennsylvania for a show. I'll be out in, I think, Northridge in California for a show. I've got some stuff down in South Carolina coming up. All kinds of shows. 
Uh, I'm in New York City at least once a month at Gotham Comedy Club. I run a couple shows. I run a free show at a coffee shop in Park Slope called The Living Room Show. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. It's just Living Room Show, at Living Room Show. And you can check out my podcast, But I Also. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at But I Also. And we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play or Google Music. Um, but yeah, you can check me out there. And I'm on Twitter, Funny Aaron, Instagram, Funny Aaron. I Instagram fun pictures of buildings because I want to keep that architecture side alive as much as I can. Excellent. Well, I'll link all those up too in the, the podcast notes and, and uh, the accompanying blog. But uh, so you're off to travel. You, you, you're you yeah. not stopping anytime soon. And no. you're, uh, you're going to provide some laughs. Explore more us. and eat more food. Eat more food. Exactly. And drink more beer. Drink more beer. One. Just one. <laughs> Aaron, thanks so much. Thank really you. really appreciate the time. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Anytime. And I'll be sure to check you out in New York. Great. Thank you. Thank you.